go. I'm a bulldog. So Georgia, who I'm picking? I love the family atmosphere and the way they handle business. Education is important. Trying to reach the next level. I want the best in life. I never settle. What's up, Dog Nation? Welcome in. Commanding performance by the Dogs, 51 to fifty-one to 14 uh, against Kentucky, 51 to 13 against Kentucky um, on Saturday. So that means we got to come with it on a great Before the Hedges show brought to you by Kroger. I'm going to give you kind of the roadmap here. We've got pretty cool new feature, two cool new features. One of them is we're going to do like a photo tour of all the big recruits that were in town on Kentucky. I'm going to share my thoughts on a lot of the guys that were in town uh, so you guys can get names with faces and a little bit of intel blurb on each of the guys that were there. Uh, We're going to give away our first dog of the week. Um, That's what we decided to do on Before the Hedges where we give a a, basically a big shout out. We create a really slick graphic. Um, It may or may not have a dog emoji on there um, highlighting the best performance from last Friday or Saturday or Thursday, from a Georgia commit. Could be a 2025, could be a 2024. We're going to start doing that each and every week. We've got a major Dog Nation conversation. It's probably the biggest one I've ever put together with recent five-star visitor, junior offensive tackle David Sanders Jr. I spoke to him live on Zoom, so we got a chance to really put together a pretty good piece there on David Sanders Jr. Really fun conversation, great family uh, really fun people to talk to, and I, I'll admit watching them uh, in Sanford Stadium, the front row, it was just, I don't know if I've ever used this word before on Before the Hedge is brought to you by Kroger, but it was so heartwarming, heartwarming to see the, the joy and just the way that family loved being there and everything else like that. Oh yeah, and David Sanders is the number one offensive tackle prospect for the 2025 class. We're going to talk about LJ McCray, Aiden Breland. Aiden Breland's making his decision on Saturday, is it Georgia? Is it Oregon? And also, one of our big five. Everybody put your five fingers up in the air. One of our big five. And I know you guys love it. Can you feel it in the air? It is not Han Solo season, if you know what that means. It is not Ugg boot season right now. It is beginning to sound a lot like flip season on the recruiting trail. Everybody loves a good flip or two candidate. We'll give you some of that here on Before the Hedges, brought to you by Kroger. So how about it? Everybody doing great? Everybody enjoy the game? Who's going to Nashville on Saturday? I'll be there. The Dog Nation team will be there. Hope to see you guys there as well. Without further ado, let's jump into Before the Hedges. Here's the big five. Number one, and we're going to be slick with this right now. We're going to roll a video, and I'm going to give you guys a voiceover on what we see and what you guys need to look for. Basically highlighting the biggest visitors, the most impactful visitors at Sanford on Saturday. We've got, um, first off, Ellis Robinson the fourth. First of all, this is number one corner in the country, number three overall. Ellis is currently the highest rated player in the Georgia 2024 class. It was his first visit. Ellis will be back home, he said, for the Missouri game as well. Um, highest ranking member of Georgia's 2024 recruiting class. He's number three overall. I think the guy could start next year for Georgia later on in the year, middle of the year. He's that talented. Next guy is Nair Daniels, folks. 
Six seven or so. He said he weighed in about 345, 350 or so. Lost a lot of weight. Look at him right there. It was his first time in Athens for a game day. He was on a bye week. He loved every minute. Speaking of a New Jersey dog, here is Jordan Thomas. Great defensive line prospect out of uh, New Jersey as well. This was his first game day visit, I believe, as well. He enjoyed it. Watch him. He's checking out all the Georgia traditions here, you know, calling the dogs, the Georgia uh, Bulldogs, left and right. He was kind of enamored with everything. That right there, folks, is Jumpman Jaden Riddell. Um, 4-4, speed. He was in town out of Missouri as well. There's DeMello Jones. He had a big game on Friday night. He was in town from Swainsboro, Georgia. Um, top 100 cornerback prospect in the country. Top one overall prospect. Look at Fran Brown cutting it up there with Ellis and DeMello and Marcellus Bryant, also a big visitor there. David Sanders, the number one junior offensive tackle in the country. Look at him right there, bathed in the red light. Look at that wonderful family he's got right there. It was a trip watching the Sanders family in the front row. They were right there. That's a picture where she's getting ready to pound Harry Dog as he came by. They thought it was like cooler than Mickey Mouse right there. You'll hear more from that. Zayden Walker, the number one linebacker in the country, number one player in the state of Georgia for 2025. He was there out of Schley County. That was his third trip to Athens this year. He's going to come back from the Missouri game as well. Very important visit there. And then probably the name to think about is five-star wide receiver Ryan Williams, number one receiver junior in the country, committed to Alabama, but Ryan is – folks, I know I worked in Alabama for like eight years. I still know coaches in that state very well. They tell me he is the best football player they have ever seen in the state of Alabama. Currently committed to Alabama, but that visit and all that offense really showed him a lot about the dogs. He had fun dancing in the, in the red light. Little Wayne, fireman, he really enjoyed himself in Athens. This young man right here is Amare Williams. That's the son of former Kentucky running back Mo Williams. This was his first visit to Georgia. Georgia really knocked that visit out of the park for Amari Williams and his mother. We'll have that story on Dog Nation later this week. About 6'5", about 205. And right there is Marcellus Bryant Jr. Currently, he's out of Chattanooga, Tennessee. Currently committed to Virginia Tech. He was in Athens on Saturday. Uh, McCallie, the dog coaching staff, knows that really well. Will Muschamp's son is the quarterback for McCallie in Chattanooga. He's currently a Virginia Tech commitment right there. And that is big Nazir Johnson out of Dublin, Georgia. 6'6", about 300. Here's five-star offensive tackle junior, Fellowship Christian Josh Petty. Mason Short, another Alabama commitment here. Mason Short took another visit to check out Georgia. And here's a legacy, 2027, David M. Jacobs. The M is for Maximus Jacobs. David Jacobs, son of David Jacobs, the great defensive lineman, was in Athens again for the second time this year on Saturday night. Folks, how'd you like that photo tour? Which one of those visits would you want to read more about, hear more about? We've already written about Zayden Walker and David Sanders Jr. this week. Lots of stuff to get to on all those guys, but it's kind of overview to me, I always try to rank the commitments first. The ones that haven't been in town, the ones that haven't seen Sanford yet this season. Because right now, folks, I'm going to give some little foreshadowing here on our show. When you see that commitment list later in our show, 
Some names you got to worry about here. Could be a decommitment or two as well coming there, but this is the time of the year when you watch Georgia and you check those, those visit lists and there's commitments we haven't seen in Sanford Stadium yet come in for a visit, especially for a big game like Kentucky. Even if they live across the country, even if they live like a time zone or two away, it's very telling when commitments don't make the trip to Athens at least one or two times during a season to check those Bulldogs out and to see them play. That was number one. Here's number two. Who's ready? First of all, who's ready for our dog of the week? First of all, I want you guys, I know you guys stay close to the close to your ears close to the ground on this. We have any guesses out there for who had the who was going to be the dog of the week this week? Lots of contenders. Drew Miller had another great game. Nitro Showtime Tuggle had a great game. Ellis Robinson the fourth had an interception. He had a great game. Seems like Chauncey Bowens always gets a touchdown. Nate Frazier had another long viral run where he looks like he's running in fast forward on your clicker right there on your screens. Anybody got a guess? Anybody got a thing? Well, I'm going to tell you. The dog of the week, and I guess I got to drop some really big bass in the voice. Dog of the week. Um, Our first one here on Before the Hedges goes to, and it's very appropriate. Let me give some claps, 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 claps. Check out Sokovi White out of Cass High School. First of all, watch this graphic. I got to say, big shout out to Casey Dunn, our social media graphics extraordinaire expert on the team. She put together something. I gave her the vision. I said, what do you want to do? It's got to be dog of the week. It's got to pop. It's got to be some really awesome visual eye candy. And it just so happens, I'm teasing it. I'm really teasing it. All right. Just so happens that the dog of the week also, we Georgia fans are celebrating. I guess they're paying attention to Sokovi White because he's been committed to the dogs now for a full year. Yesterday was his one-year anniversary of his commitment to Georgia. Cass High School played their crosstown rival, their bitter rival, Cartersville. That game went into overtime. My buddy Brandon Adams was on the call with Rusty Mansell and the Peachtree Sports Network. And folks, Sokovi had a game. Check it out right here. You want to look at your dog of the week, Sokovi White. They call him Hollywood. He's got a tattoo on his one of his legs, one of his moneymakers um, that says Hollywood, but dog of the week. Really special young man, really great football player. Eight catches, 154 yards, zero touchdowns. And folks, we could put an asterisk by that zero touchdowns if we wanted to because he had a big 55 or so yard Touchdown called back. That would have meant the difference in the game. Sokovian Cass fell 21-14 to Cartersville. It's kind of interesting, those two schools. Cartersville is almost to 6A, whereas Cass is probably very close to 4A. The number's right there. Sokovia White, folks, underestimate him if you will, but that guy is going to be a dog in Athens, and he is our very first dog of the week here on Before the Hedges, brought to you by Kroger. Really appreciate the work by Casey Dunn. Really appreciate the work by all of our staff putting that together. Uh, obviously, the marvelous Miss Mansell also had her touches all over that, putting together the photo, making it all pop and making it all sing. Everybody give a big hand for Dog of the Week, Sokovi White, and we'll share it out on our socials as well. But very deserving, especially since he's been he's the longest tenured member of the Georgia 2024 recruiting class, been committed now for a year and a day. 
guys, don't worry about that three-star ranking at all. Trust me on that one. Um, Sokovi White's going to make a lot of plays in Athens. Now, we're in the midpoint of our big five. Sometimes I try to let the um, Dog Nation conversation bat clean up. This guy's just so good. It's David Sanders Jr. sharing his thoughts with Dog Nation about his recent visit. I don't have to tease that one. I don't have to set it up. Check it out right now. Dog Nation conversation time with five-star junior David Sanders Jr. Right. Uh, definitely. This is a great experience. We can, uh, the atmosphere was amazing within the stadium. Like the fan engagement within the game was great. Uh, the coaching staff was amazing as always. Uh, we can see kind of the, the, the ladder going up a little bit because all the 2024s are pretty much committed and who they have is who they have. So they kind of moved on to the 25 class. Um, they showed me and my family that we were top priority. I mean, they put us right in the front row, uh, which usually only the commits are allowed to sit there. So that was a big deal just to have me up there, just to show me that I'm their top guy that they want so overall i enjoyed the experience and enjoyed the game david can you imagine if you took that visit just you and your mom or you and your dad i i told your mom this like i i i'm covering that that scene every week you're great players there in that yeah. row every week but i didn't i found myself not smiling i found myself smiling more watching your family just interact mm-hmm. and the joy off your faces than then probably in a long, long time. Like, what's it like? Like, what are you guys saying to each other? Or like, your are your are your sisters going? Oh my gosh, this is awesome! Like, what's right. that like? Yeah, so it's kind of funny because my little sisters kind of really don't get the whole broad aspect of everything uh, that's going on with me, rather. Like the whole five star, you know, number one player in the nation, all this buzz. They just think that's my big brother and I just want to be all up under him 24 7. So it's kind of funny to see them at the game environments because they're just, oh, look at the day they, they seen the dog and they went crazy. They just wanted to, they just wanted to pet it and everything like that. So uh, obviously, it's pretty cool to have them with me uh, on my visits because I just get to show them, like, this is maybe where Brother is going to be playing. Can you see? brother play and then she i wear number 70 in high school so ava will always point out like but that's number 70 that's number 70 on the field so it's kind of cool just to have them with me and to give them that experience is you know like nonetheless like my little sister she plays volleyball theater and basketball so she gets an experience that a lot of teenagers don't get already so when she gets to start get recruited herself she'll be kind of you know well off in the game so it's pretty cool to have so they call you bro bro <laughs> that's your name huh yeah bro bro so I kind of, like I said this a long time ago, because I I knew your family, got to know your family. Like, what if all three of your sisters just walk into your room one day and gang up and they say, bruh, bruh, we want you to go here and that's it. We want to be there. Like, what's your response to that? What would you say? I kind of, I kind of get that a little bit already. Like when we go to certain places, I think mainly they just like the places with the best with the get best game rooms. Yeah. So they enjoy Clemson and Georgia a lot because they they get sent off to the playroom and they just get to play all the games and and enjoy the fans and stuff. So I kind of get that now. They kind of understand like we want to go back here, we want to go back there. So it's kind of cool when they say that. But I feel like. Um, you know, whatever decision I make is going to obviously be a family decision uh, where everybody wants me to go. And obviously my opinion as well. But if they were to say this is where we want you to go. And obviously I, you can't go wrong with any of the choices I, I picked. So I feel like that would be where I end up going. Um, David, I, I know Kirby only has time for maybe four or five, six recruits before the game. That's just the way 
time works. What was, I, I know you were in there with him talking to beforehand. Like, what was that like? Was that different than any other conversation you've had with Kirby before? Uh, I've never been in his office before the game. So that was, that was a first for that. Uh, so it was pretty cool. Just the experience, because like I said, climbing up that, that ladder a little bit, knowing that I'm the top prospect, I'm the top guy. So, um, that conversation with me and my family was kind of like, uh, you're our number one guy. We want you at Georgia. Um, anything we can do for you as far as recruiting wise, uh, don't hesitate to call. Now that we're able to communicate with, with each other, it's just, a, it's just great to have. Um, but I love Coach Smart. He's very upfront and straightforward about everything you're going to get when you get to Georgia. Uh, he doesn't really should tell Coach much uh, within the recruiting process. And that's really something I really respect about him and the staff. What'd you like the best about this Georgia visit? Uh, the atmosphere was crazy. I mean, it's nonetheless from anywhere I've been. And I, like I said, I've been the two of the top Georgia games. So last year's Tennessee game and this year's Kentucky game. So those are two great atmospheres that you don't see every weekend when you go on visits. It's just not there. And then also, um, just the fact that they rolled out the red carpet for me and my family uh, just to show that they really want us and this is where I should be. I noticed there was a moment, and it was just you and your dad. Right. And, like, you guys are looking at each other like, you got this look looking at your dad like, like, what are you guys talking about there? Are you, are you guys talking about the light show or are you saying, like, Hey man, this might be it. Like, what's going on there? That, yeah, so for me and my dad, it's a little bit different because I grew up watching these games with my dad. So like, seeing it um, from a different perspective within the stadium is a lot different. You know, me and my dad every weekend when I was younger, come home on Saturday mornings, watch all the games. I'm like, Dad, look at this. Imagine if I was able to play for Georgia or Clemson one day. I'm sitting here watching on the TV, never thinking that one day I'm gonna be a recruit being in the stadium. So now it's just reflecting back on those times that we had when I was younger. It's kind of surreal for the both of us. I think I can speak for the both of us in that sense. Uh, but for me and my dad, he's a great experience. I have a great bond with him. Uh, so no matter where we are, we're just going to have a good time. And I think he's just looking at me and he's just so proud of everything I've accomplished so far. Yeah. So you went to Georgia for like a junior day in March, right? Yeah. And then you went back to see a July. practice in July. That's right. Oh, oh yeah, we did. Wait, that was in junior day. That was just we just went for a spring practice, and then we went back in July for the, for like the camp for slash, the camp. Yeah, and then you went to this game, Kentucky, and then you right. went to Kentucky. I mean Tennessee last year, right? So is that yes, sir. So that that covers all the visits, right? Four, I think. Uh yeah, that's about right. Yeah, maybe four or five because there might have been one before the Tennessee visit, like last year. Uh -huh. But yeah, it's four or five. Yes, sir. Was this one the best one? Definitely. This is definitely the best one. Obviously, the first one was pretty good because I got to see everything for the first time. And I'm just in Georgia. So I was kind of just shocked to be there. I'm just happy to be there. But this one was a lot more personalized. Um, got to really interact with more of the staff. Now that I've been around a couple of times, I kind of know everybody. They know me and my family. I mean, we walked around the whole morning without our name tags. And everybody knew who we were and they knew sisters' names, parents' names. So it's getting to show like we're kind of getting comfortable within the program. So this is definitely uh, one of the better visits I've had Georgia. Any feedback from the three princesses yet to Brobo? Have they told you anything about this one? Have you you guys get together and sit down after this? What's been the family feedback? Yeah, they're ready, they're ready to go see the dog again. They want to see the dog. Did they, did they see the bulldog, the live bulldog? They see, uh, I don't know. They might have been inside when the bulldog came walking by, but they seen the hair like the uh, the mascot. They're, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like How big of an asset is Coach Searles here for Georgia? Like, what's that relationship mm -hmm. like between you guys? 
Uh, definitely. I have a good, uh, I would say I have a good relationship with Coach Searles. Um, it's a little different from everybody else because he was one of the first coaches I met uh, growing up. So eighth grade year, we went to UNC for like a, a summer camp with the team, like a team camp. And uh, so back then I was playing tight end and defensive end. And he told me I was going to be a first round offensive tackle. And I didn't even do any offensive tackle things in middle school. So it was, uh, that was like his first statement to me. He was the UNC coach. So um, I've known him for a very long time. Great guy, known for developing great offensive linemen. Uh, but I love him and his family. Uh, his, he loves my family. So it's a, it's a great bond with him. With him. And then Coach Strohs will call me just randomly and honestly he doesn't even talk about football all the time it's kind of just how school going how's how how's the week of preparation been going for friday night and things like that so uh just little things like that go a long way for recruit honestly i think because when you get coaches that kind of just call you every so often and just want to talk about football it kind of gets boring because like uh we can talk about football anytime but when you have a coach that really is in depth with your personal life i think that's that makes it a little bit better the one thing fans ask me about they're like David needs to put on weight. They're like, I'd like, have you seen his dad? Like I've been doing this for so long that I know that a lot of times the guys that succeed at Georgia have to have it mentally, have to have it focused and then yeah. have to have all the talent in the world. Like you do, like, how does Georgia talk to you about, you know, Hey, I think you're 265 right now. Do they get, have every confidence in the world that we're going to get you to 310 and you were still going to be a monster? Like, how does that go? Yeah. I mean, coach has been comparing me a lot to Broderick. As he said, Broderick came in maybe 275, 280. And mm -hmm. Coach Mark doesn't seem to have a problem with it at all. He says he loves the way I'm doing as of right now and just keep putting it on the proper way. I think a lot of people are stressing this weight thing a little bit too much because, I mean, a lot of guys that are 330 pounds in high school, you can't really move well, can't bend at all. And then when they get to college, they have to do a whole year of trying to get in shape and get in the weight program. But I feel like if I keep putting on weight the right way, I walk into college more ready than a person that's 330 pounds because – I'm putting it on the right way. The pure muscle is better than, you know, having fat. But being in shape and being able to compete at the highest level, you know, you'll be able to do whatever you need to do. And eventually you're going to get to 310. And then when you get to 310, it's going to be a scary sight. I think Monroe was probably 295, 300 when he got to Georgia. So like Yeah, he came he came in at 290. Yeah. So that's kind and of a yeah, cool. And I think he's about 315, 320 now. So he's only been there for a couple months. Uh, David, do you have any questions left about Georgia now? I don't know if you're – you sit there leaving Athens going, okay, we might not come back until maybe January or the official. Like, mm -hmm. do you have any more questions about Georgia or did this one kind of seal most of them up? Uh, this one kind of sealed most of them up. Uh, obviously, as I talk to my family a little bit more, we'll have more questions that come up just as we get further and deep in, into the conversation of uh, maybe going to Georgia because this is obviously one of my favorite schools. So we'll have that conversation shortly, uh, probably after the season, because I really want to just focus on school and focus on my, my personal high school team, us getting our three-peat. So after the season, uh, we'll probably talk about it and, and, and go from there. Any family feedback that they shared with you yet? Have you had that breakfast table conversation yet? What did uh, Everybody said yeah. Uh, everybody loved it. I think, you know, the girls love it. They love being around Coach Smart. Uh, just, just, I think the person personality he has matches with my family perfectly uh, just because the girls love him and they, they interact with him well. He interacts with them as well. Uh, my parents, and they got to talk to him a little bit more than usual. I think each and every visit we go on is getting deeper and deeper because it's getting closer and closer to uh, hopefully committing soon. But um, I think he does a good job with just building that connection within the family. Going to it last 
halftime. You know, they showed me that they wanted me, and but they're focusing on their 2024 class and getting them settled. But now they're telling me I'm at the top of the food chain and that and they need me and they want me to be a part of that program right away as soon as possible. So uh, just having that feeling, knowing that a program such as Georgia wants you and needs you uh, to be a part of their program just to make it better and to come and, and, and do your thing is a, is a great feeling to have as a player and definitely something you want to build off of. Kind of a human being question here. When you're sitting in Kirby's office mm-hmm. and the coach of the number one team in the country and the back-to-back national champions says you're a priority, says you're at the top of the food chain, how do you how, – how, what goes through your mind? Are you almost like, ah, this is what we always talked about, but you say that for later. I mean, what's that like for you and your family? Yeah, it, I mean, it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. You know, not everybody gets that, uh, what I have been getting. So it's just nothing but a blessing for me and my family. I'm just grateful for all the opportunities I've been given and just want to take advantage of it. But having that opportunity to talk to Coach Smart, I mean, you grow up watching him on TV and coaching these guys, slamming headsets and clipboards and everything else, and now you're really just sitting in there talking to him. It's just such a surreal moment, not only for me, but for my family as well. David, what's I know this probably changes the more people you talk to, the more visits you have. But what's the single most important thing that you're looking for with your decision? And then how does Georgia meet that criteria? Uh, definitely. You want to go to a place, uh, like I said, from the beginning, that has a family atmosphere that not only cares about you as a player and what you can do for them on the field, but how they treat you off the field and in their everyday life. Because like my mom says, I'm going to be spending the most crucial years of my life with these coaches. So you don't want to be surrounded by someone that's going to feed you bad habits or give you this trait about yourself that you don't want to carry into the rest of your life. So you want to go in somewhere that has somebody that can teach you not only football but personal life and 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 self-development um so that's first and foremost for me um a place that has quality education where i can go and get a great education um and and then somewhere where i'm wanted not only just plugged in as a number because you want to stat like stack the roster but someone that can go in and compete for a job and and compete at the highest level so um georgia checks all those boxes as of right now and it's just a great place to be for sure what is Kyron and Chris, what do those people tell you about Georgia? What's their most important details they share with you? Oh, just be ready to work. That, that, that's been their main motto, uh, not only on the field, but off the field. You know, they come from private schools. Uh, so I was actually talking to them when I was at the game. They were like, the schoolwork isn't isn't even the hardest part when they get there because you're kind of used to that, uh, just coming from Providence Day and Charlotte Christian. Uh, so that wasn't a big deal for them. But just knowing how to compete at the highest level, you know, you're going to get somebody just as good as you each and every play in practice. So it makes the games a lot easier. David, appreciate you, man. Have a great week, yes, man. Sir. I appreciate you. You have a great one. Thanks, man. All right. There you go. I think that was 14 14- um, very good minutes with David Sanders Jr. There's just natural charisma there. Um, the one thing is mother, Samantha Sanders, has said, this is a lot of attention. This is a lot of hoopla. This is a lot of hype. And the one thing she hopes David always carries is that smile. You saw that. I think I wrote about it. It's already toothpaste, NIL deal ready, megawatt smile there. He's like that everywhere. His head coach, Chad Greer, said, He's never seen him without that smile. He comes into a room with that big old, big old grin, that big old smile, and he lights up rooms. Um, now, David told me, he's like, he told me uh, back in, I guess, February that he wanted to be kind of ready to make his decision in like approximately March of 2024. Um, it's going to be a little hard for him to do that, he told me. He said, might take a little bit longer. 
these decisions get harder and harder. He's going to visit, I believe, North Carolina this weekend. He's going to go to Michigan. He's going to go to Ohio State. He's going to go to USC. He's going to go to Texas. I mean, he was the number one player in the country for a very long time. I think he's number three overall right now. Uh, the number one junior offensive tackle in the country. I want to share with you a little perspective. I went and saw David, I think it was July of 2022, and I was really at his practice. To, I'd heard about him. People said, you're going to be blown away. But I was really there to see Jaden Davis, 2024 quarterback, Elite 11 quarterback. He's committed to Michigan. And also 2023, uh, Chris Peel Jr. Georgia signed him. He's a corner. Chris Peel's looking great. You heard in that interview where I was referencing Kyron Jones. That's Kyron Jones out of Charlotte Christian nearby. Big rival to Providence Day. And then also um, Chris Peel Jr., who he played with at Providence uh, as well. But um, I got on that field, and, like, I really couldn't take my eyes off of him. Coach Greer told me that Will Muschamp called him like a baby giraffe. Um, he said he was the best prospect he's ever coached. And I wrote this August of 2022, excuse me. David Sanders Jr. is the best rising sophomore prospect I've le ever laid eyes on. I truly believe that, and I've covered Heisman Trophy winners when they were sophomores. I've covered first-round draft picks when they were sophomores. David could probably be a five-star tight end or a five-star defensive end. He wants to be a five-star uh, offensive tackle. But the last bit of perspective on the David Sanders story, um, I'll, I'll share this with you. This is a story, like again, I wrote. Um, he's already thrown the shot farther than Trayvon Walker did in high school. His uh, broad jump is like six inches away from what Nolan Smith did at the NF NFL Combine. He's over 315, 320 um, on the power clean. But um, this is some good perspective here uh, about it. Um, when Georgia offered him, um, when Georgia offered him, um, he basically screamed out loud. Um, and he was like a guy that um, – you know, he's like, when he got the offer, he was like, I'm trying to find this on the, uh, he said it was, and I quote, the Georgia offer, he said, man, that was the most exciting moment of my life, and it was over the phone. Coach, let me hear it. Um, Fran Brown was the one who told Greer about the offer, and he rattled off all the things they liked about Sanders on the call, and then he dropped the offer on him. And this is the quote, um, I'm telling you, when I heard that, I almost threw the phone halfway across the hallway. Sanders Jr. said, I was just so happy. Um, he tried to play it chill, but he was bursting with glee. Um, just because of what the national powerhouse Georgia is, that's a big-time offer, and that was also my 10th offer. So that's like a stamp. The number 10 means something a little more to me there because it was my 10th offer. What's Georgia done since then? Um, they've won national championships. They've won. They've continued to develop. They were the defending national champion. They won another He's taken several impactful visits there. David Sanders Jr., I think he's an incredible prospect. The dogs are definitely in that one for him. And just a delight to be around him and his entire family. Um, we're supposed to talk about the hottest prospects, the most intriguing, um, the biggest prospects that have a chance to play for the Georgia Bulldogs one day. Um, David Sanders is, certainly checks all those boxes right there. Guys, that was a good overview. I'm actually going to write something more about David later this week, kind of sharing the parents' view of everything going on there as well. Hope you guys enjoy that uh, conversation about David Sanders Jr. Number four, um, I guess it's kind of like flip watch season right now 
We talked about this um, a little bit on the on the opener of the show. Like you saw uh, Ryan Williams out of Bama, 2025 prospect wide receiver in town this weekend. You saw another Bama commitment in the 2025 class. Mason Short, a really um, promising-looking offensive lineman. Some feel he's probably going to end up being a guard, kind of like Tate Ratledge. I believe he's rated as an interior offensive lineman right now. He plays tackle for Evans High. Really great family. Um, really raised right. Really good head on his shoulders. Um, potential flips there from Bam. I know everybody gets intrigued with that. But there's really a lot going on in the 2024 class. I guess let's start with um, Nazir Johnson. Um, 6'6", 300 pounds. Uh, defensive lineman currently committed to Florida. He was in Athens on Saturday. Folks, he's a guy that could probably be an all-SEC center, an all-SEC offensive lineman. Um, there was a play he made this year. One of, a, one of my good friends on the Dublin staff was telling me about it. There was a play he made where um, basically uh, Lamar gets a ball uh, and he chases down a, a, a guy from the backside, chases down a guy at 6'6", 300 pounds, kind of like that play Larry Allen made years ago against the New Orleans Saints, if you guys remember the – Probably Larry Allen is the greatest offensive lineman of all time, at least one of the top two or three when you're talking guards. I mean, the man was immensely strong. He needed an action figure. But uh, Nazir visited Georgia, currently committed to Florida. There's some intrigue right there with how Georgia finishes out its D-line class. Do they lose a D-line commitment? How do they do this weekend with a very big name that we're going to get to in our next segment? Um, but I think the dogs are kind of positioning themselves to make a run at Nazir Johnson. Of course, he's in state. Uh, if they prioritize him in a battle with the Gators, let's kind of see what happens there. Uh, two other names I'll talk about here. Uh, the first one is Marcellus Bryant Jr. Uh, Marcellus is a current Virginia Tech commitment. You saw Marcellus Bryant in my kind of photo tour that I was speeding through. Uh, Marcellus plays for McCallie in uh, Chattanooga. He's currently committed. Uh, to Virginia Tech, but now the dogs entertained him for a visit. Uh, let's see how things go there because Georgia certainly can add another defensive back or two to this class. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of Georgia ties to that staff, like I mentioned earlier in our photo tour segment. Uh, Marcellus was hanging out with Georgia's corners and Fran Brown before the game, uh, kind of chilling way before the players got out there. So I think that relationship is growing. Did the dogs flip somebody from – Virginia Tech, did they flip somebody from the Gators? Probably the third guy to think about there that was actually uh, in town again uh, over the weekend was Terrell Anderson, current NC State commitment, had a big game last weekend with Brian McClendon watching him uh, prior to the Kentucky game, and then Terrell visited Georgia for the Kentucky game. Terrell is a former high school teammate of Jamal Jarrett out of Grimsley High School in Greensboro, North Carolina. Um, Dog's going to recruit him now, too. Wide receiver might get interesting. You hear a lot of rumors now, like how safe is the commitment of Nitro Showtime Tuggle. That's one of those commitments we haven't seen in Athens yet. A lot of national analysts are speculating there, especially after the Dogs lost Nikar. I guess we got to cover that. Nikar recently committed to Miami. He actually committed to Miami after that kind of national uh, talking point debacle where the where the Hurricanes had the Yellow Jackets beat, but like basically teed up a, a upset victory with how they handled their in-game scenarios, uh, not taking a knee, trying to run a play, fumble, and then all of a sudden Tech hits hits a big ball, and the Jackets kind of steal one down in Coral Gables. 
Um, flip watch there. Those guys are starting to come along. I think there's another candidate or two. Georgia might go and flip as well, depending on what happens with the rest of their class. But that right there. Flip season is upon us. I think it smells like pumpkin spice, I guess, because it's that time of year. Flips do kind of smell like pumpkin, I guess, because everything smells like pumpkin at this time of year. That's number four. Now, number five, closing out our big five here on Before the Hedges, brought to you by Kroger. Everybody wants to know about Aiden Breeland. Um, five star for 24-7 sports. Um, I'll say this. The thing continues to get back and forth. Like Aiden has been potentially a dog, different stretches for this year. And then he's kind of went the other way. You saw him take some visits. His last visit remains to see Georgia earlier this year for the South Carolina game, I believe. Um, and then Oregon and Georgia, you see national writers, national analysts going back and forth. I still think the dogs have a extremely good shot there. I think they got a good shot as Oregon. I think that one might come down to the wire. I'll be honest with you guys. A lot of these things now, it's just a new world of college football. I mean, I, I, a lot of people want to hear what they want to hear and maybe what they don't want to hear. But a lot of these things now, I think NIL is a major factor. And you got, I think, the University of Georgia looking at a lot of these players and deciding, are we going to play the NIL game for a player we really need? If we've seen over the years the one area where Georgia will kind of play that NIL game a little bit, I don't think they're ever going to try and be the highest bidder, but they're going to try and play the NIL game a little bit with key players like defensive line, five-tech, quarterback, um, outside linebacker, pass rusher types, um, certain elite players with elite traits that they know that will keep them on the top of the mountain in college football. And then another name where I kind of thought that that ship was kind of – I wouldn't say that ship was sailing, but there's certainly uh, some – Maybe the, the cartographers had already plotted a course uh, to a certain direction. But I think L.J. McCray and the dogs are heating up there as well. I think you've seen a couple of guys that cover Georgia um, say that, and I think national analyst Steve Wiltfong has even said that he thinks that um, Georgia has as good a shot as anybody for L.J. McCray. And that was after he came off of the Florida State visit where L.J. McCray's not taking any more visits. I tell you what, dog fans, I, I give you a hard – brain teaser of a question right now and feel free to weigh in on uh, the comment section as well kind of keep up that top fan badge but yeah if, if I had to ask you and I know you probably will say why not both but if you had to say, sit there and say do the dogs really go in hard for a, a Aiden Breland or an LJ McCray do they try and get them both um, two very important players you see LJ McCray um, his stock continues to rise I think I think on three.com now he has him as a five-star and a top 10 overall prospect in the country. And I think things are better now. Chances are better now for Georgia with LJ McCray as well. So two very big names. You got to throw Nazir Johnson is there in there as well. Also Makai Barrow as well, the former Florida decommitment, although he visited Florida this past weekend. You know, what's going to happen with Georgia on the defensive line front? Like the one thing you can kind of think about and guard yourself for is guys. If you see Georgia adding a lot of players late to a certain position and chasing a lot of players late to a certain position, I think it's going to be very hard for Georgia to end up with eight defensive linemen in this class. So every one they add, especially a big-time name like a McCray or an Aiden Breland, I think makes it a little bit harder to keep all those other um, commitments in the fold as well. That's my thoughts on that. Lots of stuff going on with Georgia football recruiting. We try to cover it all right there really quickly very succinctly there with the big five right there. Now, 
Everybody take a breath. We got some top targets. We got some new names on the top targets. I think you guys have heard them heard them before, but that's getting a little ahead of our skis right now. We go to our weekly slides. Of course, if you guys got a question, please drop it in the comment section below. But our weekly slides, let's start with the class breakdown. The commitments and their position. Now let's take a good look at all these. And uh, pretty cool story going on right now with Ryan Puglisi. He's having a great um, – a lot of his highlights are dropping from his first couple of games. Um, and he, he's, he is markedly improved. Ryan is layering the ball. Ryan is much more accurate. He's He played – now, everybody, I'm sure – tell me if I'm wrong. Everybody's kind of seen the movie Forrest Gump, right? And if it is, then I'm not going to hopefully pull a spoiler by saying, you remember that scene in Forrest Gump where that Forrest was talking about the upside-down rain and the rain that came from below, the sideways rain? It was, it was of course, like during Vietnam when Forrest was serving his tour um, in that part of the world during that really important part of our country's history. But that's the kind of rain I had heard it described to me as a monsoon. Puglisi played in a monsoon uh, last Saturday, he's team one going away. Had to run the ball a little bit more, but he really had to try and throw the ball in basically uh, terrible type conditions, kind of like what we see on some of the days of the British Open uh, in the summer. But he threw a four out of ten. I think he threw for maybe 100, 100 yards and some change, a couple touchdowns, but really ran for like 60 yards on the ground. Interesting to see Puglisi continuing to get better. Uh, in his senior season, Dylan Riola, he's got a big game this week with Mill Creek, Buford versus Mill Creek. That's the number one team in Georgia versus the defending 7A state champion. That's at Mill Creek. Um, let's see, keep me going down the line. We talked about our dog of the week, Sokovi White. Um, Jaden Riddell, Jumpman Jaden is what he's being called, I guess, on social media, making a lot of big plays. And that guy is going to continue the tight end tough legacy in Athens. He was in Athens I believe his second or third time uh, this year. Uh, had another great trip. Um, they feel a lot of the warmth the Riddell family does in Athens. Every time is a good time in Athens. They get to see the dogs play out of their minds against Kentucky. And I think Jaden's just going to roll in there. He's got 4-4, four, 4-5 four, four, speed, 4-5, low 4-5 speed. Him and Lucky and Oscar Delp and then Pierce Sperling, who got his first catch as a dog last week. That room is going to still stay plenty loaded, especially with Colton Heinrich as well. Uh, he'll be back in town later on for his, another game visit later on this year. Um, uh, you saw Nair Daniels. We talked about him a little bit. I'm going to write about him uh, pretty soon here on dognation.com. You guys are going to love Nair. He was a guy that said, I'll give you one little teaser of that interview I had with him. Nair said, like, a couple of schools – Still try to reach out, but he doesn't even really open the messages, doesn't really read the messages. He's locked in. He's off the market. He said, I'm in a relationship with the dogs. That means I'm off the market. I thought it was funny how Nair described that, and he's really can't wait to get in Athens. He's so excited about the future there. Uh, Malachi Tolliver and Cartersville got a big win as well against, Car against uh, Cass last week. Daniel Calhoun, he's in Athens almost every week, every game. It was pretty funny catching him uh, after um, Ra Ra Thomas made the huge catch that, you know, hanging in the lure of piece of art catch. I saw Daniel Calhoun basically putting his hands up like that, saying, you know, given the, given the good that that's a touchdown, he looks like he could be a replay official um, in a, a future career right there. Moving on, defensive side of the ball. Can't get ahead of her skis. Drew Miller. Drew Miller, I don't think, punted this past week. I didn't see stats on him. But he continues to be a quarterback for his high school team. 
I tell you, sneaky good Drew Miller. I, I, I bet if we had the dog of the week honor earlier in the season, if we had that rolling earlier in the season, maybe Drew Miller might have won one or two of those already to this point. Turn the page over the defense right now. Next time on Before the Hedges, does anybody on this feed think that we might add another name to the defensive line room in Aiden Breeland out of a modern day in Santa Ana, California? Again, he's deciding on Saturday. will be after the Georgia-Vanderbilt game. Really the decision, I think Miami's still in his final three, but really the decision is going to come down to Oregon. It's going to come down to Georgia. You hear a lot of stuff from both sides right there with – Aiden Breeland uh, would be a great pickup for the dogs in the defensive line room right there. Um, we've seen uh, Quintavious Johnson. Joseph Jonah Ajanye had a, he's got a sore thumb, but he had another big game. I think he's had sacks in like multiple games, maybe three out of his last four games. Uh, you look down there at uh, Justin Williams. He had another pick six this past weekend. Chris Cole had another brilliant game. I think he caught a pass. I think he had 10-plus tackles and a sack or two. Um, let's also take a minute and think about Christopher Jones. Christopher Jones at Fairfax High School in Virginia. Um, he had an off week last week, but he had a torn ligament in his toe that had been bothering him, and he'd been playing through it. He had surgery on it today. His senior season is over. That will keep him out, and he won't be able to attend or play. He may be able to attend, but he won't be able to play in the Under Armour All-American game. As he works to get back stronger, he'll be in Athens in January as a really impressive linebacker commitment in this class. Ellis Robinson IV, we kind of let off our photo tour with Ellis. He loved being back home in Athens. He told me that he's just one of those things. Every time the light show is always amazing. George is always amazing. Big smiles from the Robinson family. They had a front row seat. And he's like, this is a place where I can play for the next three years. And I didn't hesitate at all when he said three years because that guy will probably only play three years of college football. He's that talented. We saw DeMello Jones as well. Another, he was another big visitor. He said he was back in his social media post that he was back home in Athens as well. Um, 2024 recruiting snapshot time. Take a look at this. This time next week, will the number be 27? Will the number be 25? Will the number go up and down? Will Georgia win one? Will they lose one over the next week? Um, and the recruiting snapshot, as long as Georgia, and this is a question that uh, even our uh, wonderful producer Kaylee Mansell had for me, what happens if Georgia loses commitments? Is there still a chance that they hold on to uh, the number one ranking? I think so, because I think any attrition for Georgia in terms of commitments is going to be offset by some bigger names or at least um, players is just as highly rated. I think Georgia's still got a little bit of an edge on Ohio State. 15 guys on offense, 10 on defense. One on special teams, eight in-state commitments, um, four five-star commitments. Um, that's going off. These numbers are all going off the 24-7 sports composite. They have 15 commitments in the SEC footprint, 11 commitments beyond the SEC footprint. If Georgia does add Aiden Breland, we'll have to update that graphic to 15 to 12 um, outside of the SEC footprint. Really amazing how Georgia recruits nationally. Um, that is a dividend of this widespread success. Did you guys see the stat this week that Georgia now holds the record for most consecutive weeks atop the AP poll with 17? That is the new SEC record. Uh, breaks the record that Alabama had for most consecutive weeks at number one overall in the AP poll. Another great honor for this impressive, um, legendary area era, excuse me, of Georgia football right there. 
Um, offensive balance, that's the one thing this class can't lose. It kind of feels now like all the biggest remaining names that could commit to the class would be on the defensive side of the ball, maybe kind of offset, get those numbers closer to the total number right there. That's kind of one of the bigger stories to watch. Will Georgia kind of retain its best offensive class in years? I think there's several players that make this a great class. I think um, Nair Daniels, I mentioned him. I think Jaden Riddell, I mentioned him. Dylan Riola, Ryan Puglisi, Nathan Frazier, Dwight Phillips, Sokovi White, um, Nitro Showtime Tuggle, Daniel Calhoun. They got a lot of great pieces on the offensive side of the ball, and now the dogs kind of have to hold on to them in this NIL era with guys coming after and trying to poach some of the most impressive show dogs in the class right now. Um, and now, this is what you've been waiting for. I kind of teased it earlier. Look at our remaining top targets. This thing doubled in size because the one thing I was waiting for a lot of these names is I'd heard about them, but I was like, you got to visit. Got to visit. Got to see Sanford. Got to make a visit to Georgia, even though you're still committed to another school to make this stuff real. You see Makai Barrow. You see LJ McRae. And you see Aiden Breland at number one. I almost get really close to flipping LJ McRae and Aiden Breland um, this week. That's how I think Georgia Georgia's doing a lot better with LJ McRae. I think um, Aiden Breland is another name to watch there as well. Um, this time next week, one, that Aiden Breland name will be off the top targets list one way or another. And we also talked about, we spoke about Nazir Johnson uh, in our photo essay, young, impressive offensive, defensive lineman out of Dublin, who could also be a great offensive lineman in the SEC. Marcellus Barnes Jr. as well. Um, three-star cornerback commit, uh, currently committed to Virginia Tech, and then there's Terrell Anderson, uh, four-star wide receiver. Good size, maybe not a burner, um, currently committed to NC State. And you see right there, if it's flip season, and flip season, everybody knows the Malik Herring flip, and flipping like uh, he did a long time ago in Christmas commitments. Um, those are three names to kind of watch in terms of the flip season right now for Georgia in the 2024 class. Guys, that's been Before the Hedges. You guys got a question? Now's the part where I hop on the Dog Nation homepage first. There's a question on the Dog Nation homepage. I give them honors uh, off the tee to kind of see what is up. What is up? Uh, if anybody has any questions. Um, let me see the Dog Nation homepage. Yeah, there it is. Uh, let me see. What'd you guys think about the show? What'd you guys think about that David Sanders Jr. interview? That's the type of stuff uh, that I try to bring to you guys each and every week. I say hi to uh, Will Dickerson there um, out of Trenton, Georgia. And uh, yeah, Charlie Trippy's right. Uh, that Georgia has had remarkable success in the NIL era, especially the last two or three years. I, there's two ways to look at that, Charlie. I could say that without NIL, whew, these classes for the last two years at Georgia would have been even more impressive. And then thankfully, the team has got that perfect storm of natties, number one team in the country, NFL development. All at the same time, you see where the offensive side of the ball is now the number one rated passing offense in the SEC. What happened with Todd Monk and the groundwork that was laid now continues on with Mike Bobo. Got a really lot of momentum now on the offensive side of the ball for the dogs. And I think all those things together have allowed Georgia to preach their development, their program in terms of offsetting a lot of the numbers that are being thrown around with NIL. 
at this time of this time of year. And then let me see next stop. Let me see what's going on on YouTube. How's everybody doing on YouTube tonight? Uh, Josh Stewart's weighing in from Tuscaloosa. John Anthony is up in New England. Um, Josh has got a UGA flag in his neighborhood, uh, catching a lot of uh, catching a lot of interest from neighbors in the state of Alabama. Hey man, I used to live in uh, live in Alabama as well. Um, Brian McPhail got a quick pick for me. Who's my pick Friday? Buford or Mill Creek? Uh, Brian, I got to go Buford. I think Ryle is playing incredible football. Still hasn't thrown an interception. And then you can add um, K.J. Bolden, Nasir McCoy, uh, Jaden Perlotti. Uh, a lot of good pieces there for Buford on both sides of the ball. They probably got 10 guys with with an offer from Georgia. Um, still going to get better. Marvin Charles has a question. Would Georgia go to Juco for a wide receiver? I don't think so. I think Georgia – if Georgia needs to go anywhere for the, a wide receiver, they're just going to follow that plan they established this year with Dominic Lovett. And Ra Ra Thomas, um, my information says if you kind of combine what Georgia um, had to do with NIL to get a Dominic Lovett and a Ra Ra Thomas on campus, two proven players in college football in the SEC, one at Mississippi State and then one at Missouri. Um, some of these numbers that are being tossed around with these high school prospects and these high school receivers are more than that. And those guys haven't done anything on Saturday. So I think the likely pick for Georgia to – whatever they need to finish off or add to at the receiver position. I'd look for Georgia to kind of establish a trend to go for the portal for their um, wide receivers, especially with a lot of NIL-driven driven recruitments. Um, Trey Edwards has a, has a shout-out to David Sanders Jr. Yeah, he is one of the great, one of the great, uh, great high school kids to interview as well. Um, I, I, I could have made that – I could have – probably put an expanded edition or extended edition of that interview up on up on YouTube. He had another five, six, seven, eight great minutes of conversation there, um, back and forth talking about a lot of things. Um, it's funny that his sisters call him Brubra. And it's a, it's an it's just a an, I keep using the word either precious. Everybody says precious in the South, right? Everybody knows what that means. Precious or adorable story. Um, his youngest his excuse me his oldest sister, I think she's 12 or 13 now. She's a volleyball player. She's already she, – she sells, like, sweet treats, baked goods at the school. She has her own business. But when she was one years old and David was a couple of years older, she couldn't say brother, so she just said brubra. And that has kind of stuck forever. So now his younger sisters, the other two sisters, uh, Ava and Skyla, also call him brubra, still call him brubra. And, like, that's just how it is. I mean, there's a really funny story. I think that was on the interview where, like, um, they go to these games, and guys, I'm used to seeing like you know huge, incredible football players, and it, it felt like that was Disney World, Walt Disney World, in the front row uh, on Saturday at Sanford. I, I said in the interview with David, haven't smiled as much just watching recruits enjoy themselves at Sanford Stadium as the Sanders family did in quite a long time. But like they just have so much fun there, and they they're like one of his sisters. He told me is like. She always, wherever they go on recruiting visits, they always like the place with the best game room and the best food. And currently that's kind of Georgia or Clemson, according to those unofficial sister rankings there for their brubra. But like, it's, it's so adorable. Like she'll point out, hey, that's number 70. Like whenever they're at a college visit, she has to point out, because David Sanders wears number 70. She has to point out that number 70 at every game as well. Um, 
Randy Payne, hope you're doing great. Can't wait to see everybody on the Dog Nation Riverboat Cruise. Uh, guys, that has been a show. We got our Dog of the Week, our first one off the ground. We had a great Dog Nation conversation with David Sanders Jr. We tried something new. I threw a lot of my best photographs of all the top targets that were in town for a game and just kind of did a voiceover and like gave you stream of consciousness about what was going on. We talked about flip season. I know everybody loves themselves a flip season in October, November, and December when it comes to Georgia football recruiting. We talked about the big commitment coming this weekend. Is it Aiden Breeland Jr.? Is he going to be a dog? Would we maybe put one of his performances on the dog of the week really soon? What's going on with LJ McCray? We kind of weighed in on a lot of those topics right now. I say this every week. It feels like it could not be uh, a better time to be covering Georgia football and Georgia football recruiting. That's what I'm here for here on Before the Hedges, brought to you by Kroger. Got to say thanks to everybody for watching. Thanks for everybody hanging out. You could be anywhere in the world right now on a Wednesday night, but you chose to be right here. I'm so very grateful to do this job every day for you guys and talk about Georgia football recruiting. Got to give a tip of the hat also to the young lady behind the glass. That is the marvelous Miss Mansell. Maybe she keeps being even more marvelous. I got to find another name that would rhyme a little bit with that. But uh, we continue to be very proud of Kaylee for what she's done so far here on the Dog Nation team. Her rookie season here at Dog Nation. Um, but anyway, guys, another show. That one's in the books. That's been your intel. I'm Jeff Sintel. Be well, everybody. And we'll see you guys again later on the pages of dognation.com. We'll see everybody in Music City on Saturday. Everybody get up there safe, and let's have a good time in Nashville. Let's go. I'm a bulldog. So Georgia, who won't pick it? I love the family atmosphere and the way they handle business. Education is important. Trying to reach the next level. I want the best in life. I never settle.